Hello, and you are really welcome to a very special episode that I'm really excited to share with you today um, because I'm interviewing the inimitable Andrew Coates. And this is a milestone moment for me on my podcast. I never believed four years ago when I started this podcast, not knowing what the hell I was doing, that I'd be interviewing someone like Andrew. Um, Andrew is an amazing coach and leader and personal trainer and fitness writer. And he also uh, is a, a speaker at a lot of different fitness events. He'll be a speaker at the FitProBees Mastermind 4.0 in Scottsdale this month. And he'll be speaking alongside big industry leaders like Jordan Sire, uh, Alex Hermosi, and leading the way really. And so he also contributes to a lot of different media outlets like T-Nation, Muscle and Fitness, Generation Iron, Barbend, etc. And so it's my absolute pleasure to interview him today. And I think that you're going to get a lot out of this episode today. I've got a lot from consuming just his ideas, his opinions, his frameworks, and it's really improved my business and my overall outlook on it as well. So I'm so happy that he creates the content that he does. It's, it's changed my life for the better. And I think it, it really can for you as well. So have a really great listen, enjoy and see you on the other side. Um, so welcome, Andrew, onto the show. It's so great to have you on the show. And um, like, I've, as you said in one of your posts, I know you've been in the industry about 12 years and you've made some massive leaps and bounds in terms of brand and career growth. And I think that my audience could really learn from you, learn a lot who are, who are like a couple of steps behind, right? And they're, they're baffled maybe as to, you know, how are you, how are you writing for, you know, these, these fitness publications? How are you getting picked to, to be a guest at these massive events like this one that you're going to um, in December with Jordan Sinnott, et cetera? And, and how your, your following is, is so, so massive with like 85,000, I think, followers you have on, it, on Instagram. Almost. Almost. <laughs> and you, you summed it up of six, um, six things, you know, in that post you did. So would it be all right if I quizzed you on each point briefly? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I think there's such valuable talking points. So please, let's work through them. You lead. So the first one, um, which I just I love and adore, how you put this is relationships and especially the bit about boundaries and, and time and respect. And that's where I think a lot of fit pros are maybe going wrong is they're following people who've said that you've got to cold message people and you've got to do this and that and online. And when I started, because I'm old, it was offline and I didn't have Facebook and Instagram. So it was flyers, it was posters, it was my parish priest, the local priest, who would, who would like be my prince, uh, priest influencer. And, and, and it's, it's changed, right? So the relationship thing. I hope you can hear me. Uh, seems like the connection has gone spotty. Yeah, we're back. We have you back. Sorry about that. I guess the connection is a little bit funny. Right. What you said about the, you know, being in this world before a lot of the online stuff came to be. I mean, I've been, I've been coaching now 12 years. I'm 44, so I started a little bit later than a lot of people did, but but again, online wasn't anywhere near as important, even in those early years. And I spent six years training clients, just tons and tons of sessions on the gym floor. Mm -hmm. And growth came from word of mouth, from referrals, from renewals, retention with, with my clientele, and then the broader universe of people that I interacted with. And how you conducted yourself and how people saw you on a busy gym floor. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of members walk up to me and say, Hey, I want to come train with you. Now, I think in part, some of that is my physique. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big, tall, muscular guy. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it stands out in a crowd. It does, you know, the, the, our industry loves to get into these stupid battles and fights and ideological arguments that don't actually help anybody, whether or not, you know, trainers should be in shape. And you know, my attitude towards that one is, wherever you are in your journey, just especially if you're struggling with your business, continually strive to, you know, improve yourself. 
because yeah. that's also what our clientele are looking for. And if you've been on a, a really great journey and you've transformed, that gives you credibility. Yes. So, but a lot of the stuff when it came to relationships, it started before online was the thing, but it, it does extend into the online realm. It's, it is about serving, helping, supporting other people without any specific expectation in return, you know, a, a, a transactional expectation, which is the big thing that you mentioned in that post is mm -hmm. if you, if you approach everything from a transactional mindset, you're approaching it from a scarcity mindset. Well, yeah. if I do something for this person, I have to get something in return or else, you know, my career will struggle. And, and this is a faulty mindset yeah. and you see it, you recognize it in other people very quickly. And it's not an appealing type of personality to interact with. No, people, it's cringing. People like other people who are giving and supportive and, and, and share great information. And, you know, in our industry, give lots of free resources. Your people like your Jordan Science or your Sohi Lees or they're, they're, there's a laundry list of these people established. And these people generally, they're not transactional in the way that they go about it. They understand that you know, building a legacy of a, a library of educational content is ultimately a great foundation for developing credibility and authority in our industry. And yeah. we'll talk a little bit about status because we were talking about it off air. Mm -hmm. We're wired as humans to think in terms of status, to seek status. But transactional behavior usually is rooted in someone who is trying to take shortcuts to status or yes. they really only think about status. And I, and I really want people to sort of step away from that lens. Yes, status is an important thing to a lot of people, sure. We, at least understanding that is valuable. But doing all these other positive things across your career and treating people well, those things, status will become a byproduct of that. Now, it's what you choose to do with status. Is are you going to continue to give back support, be a positive example in our industry, try to continuously give more than you expect in return. And you can do a lot of powerful good things. You can educate the general population. You can break into the mainstream, even for some of the people in our world who have grown really large followings and, and yeah, that mainstream appeal to where it, you compete with the, the misinformation and the people that we, we get frustrated about who share all this bullshit information. So, but it's still all rooted in how you approach relationships. And I love to travel within our industry. I love to interact through, through podcasting, through social media. And I'm inspired by successful people in our industry. Um, I try to learn from them where possible. I've been doing this for a very long time. And that's turned around and created a lot of opportunity to spend time with and interact with people I've looked up to and people I consider very successful, which has deepened those relationships. Uh, one of my most fulfilling things is to simply travel to you know fitness events, which I started yeah. to do five years ago. And you meet the industry. So this is kind of, this is one of the things that I, I talk about is, when you go to these these types of events, if you have the opportunity, A, you're going to learn from the people speaking, okay? And two, it's really cool to meet them. And most of them are really down to earth. Treat them like normal people. Don't don't fan all over them because they're actually really normal people. Yeah, But exactly. two, one of the biggest pieces of value is to take a look at everybody else who's in that room, in that room who is on the same journey that you're on. Mm -hmm. You know, they have the same goals. They're, they're obviously in the same place. So getting developing those relationships grabbing them up on social media i remember when i used to travel to these events early stages i would add everybody to facebook you have that point of contact it's easy to remember you stay yeah. connected you see what they're doing and then you know i had no plans or expectations i still don't that oh i'm going to benefit from this because again it's about not being transactional but then cool stuff started happening so in 2017 i went to this event in kansas city first big one i ever went to and i met a lot of people there i met uh, God, who, Brett Contreras, and I met Spencer Nadolsky, and I met Greg Knuckles, and, and so many other, you know, influential, successful people in the industry. Yeah. Also met a lot of people who are kind of on the same road as me. Uh, one of those people was a, my friend, Tim Arndt. So I quickly realized that Tim hosted his own event in Spokane, Washington. So I attended it in 2018 to support it, because it's a great lineup. I attended it in 2019 to support it. Yeah. I had a wonderful time. 
And then, of course, the world goes upside down for a couple of years. But in 2021, he, he determined to have it in August, you know, kind of in a, in a break before things got crazy again. Yeah. And uh, he asked me to be to fill in for a speaker who had to drop out. And of course, it was my first invitation to do it. And I said, OK, you know, I'll make it happen. I said, yes. I'm like, all right, I got to figure this out. Yeah. It's a great experience. Had a wonderful time. And one of the other speakers, my friend Luke Carlson, now my friend, he loved my presentation. He invited me to come speak at his event in Minneapolis this awesome. past May. Yes. Back to the original 2017 event. You know, I also connect with a guy who became a good friend of mine named Jeff Aker. Turns out he lives in Calgary near Edmonton, sister cities up here in, in uh, you know, Canada and Alberta. So, and he's the provincial director of the NSCA, the National Strength and Conditioning Association, right? Big sort of certifying educational organization. Yep. And he had a provincial clinic, a one-day speaking event. So I attend that in 2018 and 2019. And I meet some great people like my friend Robert Lingle, great educator. And then come 2022, when it's time to reboot the in-person, when we get to talking and we agree that I'll come and present and speak at this event. It goes great. Because of that, a follower of mine named Joseph, who's in Arizona, he sees that I'm speaking at a provincial one, and he's on the board for the Rocky Mountain Regional NSCA conference. Yes. So he asked if I'll come down and do the same talk down there. So that's at the beginning awesome. of December. And you can't plan these things, but no. if you put yourself out in these environments and you support and share other people. If you had said to me back five years ago, you know, you're going to have spoken at eight events in 2022, I would have laughed and been like, I can't even imagine it, right? I can't see myself as being that person. Whereas now there are so many invitations to do this stuff that and I'm blown away. I'm leaning into it because it's a really cool yeah. opportunity to, to get to travel to more of these things that I just love and getting to be around these people. And, and then instead of having gone and said, all right, well, I, I seek the status that comes with this, mm -hmm. you know, now all of a sudden, because of, hey, I've leaned into social media and the writing, which we can talk about, all of a sudden, yes, now people are treating you like you have a certain status. Again, uh -huh. don't let that crap go to your head. It's still normal. And yeah. social media, okay. A, is a vanity metric, but people uh -huh. treat you differently as a result of it. But two, it's also an opportunity to actually help support, share, do cool things for more people. So I also don't like to dismiss it outright, uh -huh. but go wrong is where they think oh this is what matters if i have the social media followers and all these other opportunities will happen and then they start doing stupid things like buying them which is bad yes yes yeah or, or becoming a becoming an ambassador for leggings or you know this is not what i signed up for can i ask you a deeper question about the relationship thing yes so, so you know i i used to be a tutor teaching personal trainers you know to be qualified personal trainers, you know, so like the business side of it, the weight training, the exam stuff. Do you feel that it could be something in 2023 that needs to kind of change at the root of the of teaching could be more about emotional intelligence and social intelligence? So we've got the IQ intelligence. I know it's needed. We need all the stuff and we've got to learn the anatomy, the physiology, all the stuff, right? But for me, the biggest growth spurts or when I started reading Daniel Goldman's Social Intelligence, Emotional Intelligence, um, I, I, I love it anyway. I'm a people's person, but I'm also a bit of an introvert. And 20 years ago when I started as a female in the gym, in the weights area specifically, there, there weren't that many females. And I found it hard to, to get clients because I was a, I was introverted and I, I I didn't know my own value and my worth. So I would say, oh, I wasn't picked to speak at that or to do that because I'm a female and I'm blonde, but it was bullshit. It was because I didn't have the social or emotional intelligence to be rejected, to approach, to, did, does that make sense? I'm just wondering about a little jigsaw puzzle piece that may be missing for some who have all that they need to do this, but they're shitting it and they're just like, ah. Well, there's two things here. So let's tackle the second thing first. I'm at taking ownership of your own outcome. That is the, the mindset of external locus of control versus internal. And you chose an internal locus and you said, all right, something that happened, there are probably external factors. We know that women are underrepresented in the higher levels of you know, education in a lot of these spaces. It's changing and there are people who are yeah. proactively working on it. 
And it could be very easy to decry that and pound fists and what have you. And, and I think it's really important that we are conscientious about creating opportunities for people who are skilled and qualified. Hmm. But the flip side is you chose actively to say, how can I improve my skills, my knowledge, and put myself in a position where, you know, I'm so like the title of the book, uh, Cal Newport's book, how can I be so good they can't ignore? Oh yeah, me? yeah, that's right, yes. And I think the book um, that really does a good job with this one is Jocko Willink and Leif Babin's Extreme Ownership. And in, wow. in any scenario, whether we're talking with clients or you know people work in our, our organization's quote subordinates, if they make mistakes and they do things, well, you have two choices. One is we can berate them and say, listen, you did, you fucked up. You did something stupid. That's your fault. Or we can say, well, how could I have communicated that differently? How could I have proactively created a better environment as a coach, mm -hmm. as a mentor? So that way we could have prevented this thing, which then trains you to go, all right, how do we prevent it from happening again? How do we learn from this? And if you take that attitude as opposed to the victim mindset, oh, I deserve this, mm. this like an attitude of entitlement will not get you anywhere in your career. If you feel entitled to things you're not willing to work for them, mm. nothing happens. Whereas you'll notice that everybody who reaches kind of what we're talking about in the industry tends to not feel entitled to a damn thing. They work really hard yeah. for it. Yeah. So, and then the, the whole thing about emotional intelligence. So it's, you can only lead people to the water. You can't make them drink. But I think mm -hmm. coaches who really care about doing a great job and who are focused on the thing that matters most, and this is one of the things in the post, is that the client in front of us still matters above anything else. All this other external authority, quote, status games, um, getting to write for different publications, those are byproducts of the fact that I've had a very steady, loyal, strong clientele, and I've enjoyed the craft of coaching. Yeah. And we can learn, we can go to another seminar on how to move technically, and we can get down this ridiculous rabbit hole that's turned into ideological warfare when it comes to, quote, biomechanics in the fitness industry. <laughs> this, stuff, this stuff is way out of hand, right? And most of, uh, I've got to be careful to say this, but a lot of it's bullshit. It is. Um, you know, I, I will say this. If you've got fighting on that, on that front, um, defer to the people who have PhDs in exercise sciences, not to say that other people can't be great educators on movement, but if you have a tribe on two sides and one side has the exercise science PhD education, they all seem to agree with each other, chances yeah. are they're a better resource when it comes to biomechanical movement. That point aside, that stuff only matters to a point. What probably matters most is getting people to actively make choices uh, for healthier behaviors, whether it's exercise-based, nutrition-based, you know, lifestyle-based. And one of my favorite books on that is The Coaching Habit. And yes. uh, call it, it's by an author named Michael Stainer. And it's just, it, it's really just teaching you how to ask questions to lead people to choose things that they already kind of know. And a lot of the time, the people that are in front of us, they really do know, they know that they need to eat more. Yeah. They know that they need to eat less. Um, you can see here, Sarah can see here that my cat Ozzy is walking back and forth. I love it. I love his name. Oh, what a great oh, name. Hey, Ozzy. You can see him. This is Ozzy. So you can see his tail. He's Ozzy Osborne. Fluffy. It's Ozzy Osborne. He's that's really got named cute. After. He's really cute. Boy. I love him. Um, so I love books like that that teach you how to ask questions as opposed to just, yeah. just go into advice mode, just to mm. give directives and tell people what to do, which is very easy for a coach to say, here, do this, do this, do this. But that doesn't really change behavior. And then right. I love stuff like Renee Brown's work that really goes into the depths. Oh, of, yeah. She's amazing. Vulnerability. And yeah, she's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Shame. You know, getting people to get away from these narratives. Of, oh, I, I screwed up on my nutrition. I'm a terrible person. I'm a failure. No. Okay. Mm -hmm. A little guilty about it and say, well, I did a bad thing. But it's to stop saying I am a bad person because I've struggled with this. Yeah, the moral judgment attached to food. It's like, it's just food. food. It's just a list of ingredients. It's like. <laughs> so I really do believe that coaches, the, the, the places that I think most coaches would benefit from right now to improve the quality of the experience their clients get, which is going to keep their clients, A, around more, strengthen the relationships and drive results, is to get into you know, how to be a, just a better coach, to ask better questions, to learn to listen better. 
another book that is a great framework is motivational interviewing and do the version of, you know, in nutrition and fitness. And while the book itself, I think gets a little pedantic, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's the philosophy behind what they're talking about. Yes. So anybody who's coaching here, I would say, you know, start with a little bit of Brene Brown, go read the coaching habit, go read motivational interviewing, spend a month, two months doing a dive there and it will upgrade the quality of the experience your clients are getting. And then if they are getting better results, one, they're gonna stay longer, two, the experience that you have with them is gonna get even better and better, which is gonna give you more energy to work and be present in those situations. And you won't resent it and well, and think, well, I just wanna coach people online, give them programs and meal plans. And I know I wanna business coach people. We're not gonna to touch on that nonsense. No. And then all of a sudden, with that security and stability in your career, then you can spend a bit more time and, and focus on some of the other external things that may be fulfilling for you. I find that writing is fulfilling. So you, you did ask earlier kind of how that got started. Yes. And I, I knew that I wanted to start writing more. And I admired and looked up to a lot of the people who'd written for publications. Like I, I've read Teen Nation you know, most mornings for years early in my career as a trainer, I would watch Lane Morton on, you know, YouTube and his other media. And I've read his books or, you know, people like Jordan Syatt. And, you know, weird is coming up in early December. I'm now speaking at the same event as both Love Lane, and, which is completely mind boggling to me. Love right? it. I've got Alex Hormozzi's book over on the couch and he's him and his wife, Leela, are two of the presenters. We'll, wow. go, we'll go after. But it largely started with writing. And, you know, I was inspired by getting to meet some of the people who I've been reading for years on Teen Nation, whether it's my friend Lee Boyce or, or Nick Tuminello or Tony Gentilcore or, you know, so on and so forth. It's a long list of these people. And so one of my best friends, very, very good relationship in my life. She built me a website and refused to take any money for it. Absolutely oh, I refused. I love that. Oh. She did it, which, you know, years later, I did have a professionally made website to kind of step into the next realm, yeah. but website, which I think all trainers would benefit from having a website, it is help, it's going to help your right. career. And I started to write some articles for it. And in my travels, I met uh, a friend of mine named Mike Howard, who just so happened to be one of the people who chose the weekly best articles for the personal trainer development center back when they used to do that. They don't do it anymore. And so all of a sudden, one of my articles got a bit of attention and yeah. Because of the travel, some other people who were more in that space got to see more of this stuff. And then because of all the people I've been scooping up on Facebook, I noticed that Danny Sugart, one of the editors and longtime writers of Teen Nation, was interacting with someone I knew. So I sent Danny a friend request. I sent her a message and I said, hey, Danny, I've been reading your stuff for years. I love it. She's a great writer. Mm -hmm. um, I have a podcast. Another thing. And, you know, I would love to have you on as a guest. Um, anyway, so she was super awesome. She was excited about it. She started listening to the podcast before we even firmed up the dates. And oh, so we had on, uh, me and my old then co-host, uh, Dean, who's great, who I also met, you know, just in local stuff that led to the podcast happening. I know I'm bouncing love around. I love the way it all comes around and joins it, up. It, all, it really all does tie it together. Yeah. It sort of mushroom clouds up, right? Patiently doing it without, you know, expecting what could come of it. We just, we start this little podcast Oh, we'll just talk to local trainers, whatever. And then pretty soon within the first 10 episodes, I've got Sohi Lee and Dr. Mike Isertel on, both of whom are friends of mine who I know from my travels. So we bring Danny on. She's great. And within a couple of weeks, she turns around and very sheepishly, I've told this story so many times, I feel bad, but it's like, hey, would you consider, you know, writing for us at Teen Nation? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. So of course, I, I say yes, I keep it real hush hush. I work on it, submit something, uh, they accept it. And then the day it's published, I splash it all over my media. Also, it's okay to shamelessly promote the stuff you're doing. Let people yeah. see that. People are like, and, I, and I'm totally guilty of it, but I also understand that's how more people see all these sorts of things. So that's okay. Yeah. So that got things started. So then I just kept feeding them because a lot of people gotten in there, written one thing for them, and then that was kind of it. I've been mm -hmm. feeding stuff. I've been with them for four years now. And it's hard to get them as stuff as frequently as I used to, but they're still the brand that gave me my start. I'm very loyal to them. Uh, you know, I absolutely, you know, they, 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 these stories always fall into podcasts or presentations because they've been good to me. 
And that led to writing for Generation Iron and Invitation 2, and it led to writing for Bar Band, and it led to writing for the Personal Training Development Center. And then an opportunity came up to write for Muscle and Fitness Magazine, which again, I've got stacks of those from yeah. 20 years ago back in you know my home on the East Coast of Canada. So that came to be. And now there's discussions about a couple of more magazines that we'll see. One is looking really good. One is sort of, you know, kind of cold. But more and more of those opportunities happen as you continue to serve and support and promote. If, if, if you've got a brand partner who's kind enough to choose to work with you and they're credible and not these leggings bullshit that are in your DMs all the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you share and support them and a lot of good things happen. And meanwhile, as we keep circling back to this concept of status, well, people will decide for themselves that you hold status because yes. you- in their eye of themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And I want to reiterate, like seeking status is, is not a good mindset to approach it, but status will be a byproduct of everything. And you can do good things with that reach and that authority. I prefer to think in terms of authority and credibility and leadership. That's a good approach to it. And Andrew, were you, were you academic or were you good at English and writing at school? I was interested in writing at a very young age, sure. Um, I was good at the skill of getting good grades in school. Okay. And more and more, I did well in school, but we more and more understand that that isn't necessarily a linear path to success in entrepreneurial endeavors. It can set you up for a lot of things, but once you've learned the skill of doing well in school, then you have to learn the skill of doing well within whatever career you end up in. Mm. So that took a bit of a transition. And, and like I said, I fell into this later in life and, and I love it. And I found something I'm really passionate about. I didn't approach it from a place of passion. I approached it as an opportunity that I leaned into and I found a passion within it. You know, that again wow. is-, is something Interesting. More so than video. More, would it be more so than video or podcasting? Would the writing ignite your fire more, more than that in, as a form of content creation? They're different. First of all, I haven't yet fully embraced video. I know that it's, you know, something that we kind of as an industry need to do a bit more of. So working on it. I have a young trainer who's going to do some videography for me. I'm filming a, a, a refilming a video library of exercises very soon. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll step into that. But I am more fulfilled by writing. The podcast, it's a lot of fun. I mean, I've had a five-year running one. I recently retired it only to realize, no, that's a mistake. And so rebooted it, made a few adjustments to how I approached it and yes. the type of guest I was bringing on. So I feel much more energized by it. Uh, I have a second podcast with my partner in a women's online group strength training program called Forever Strength. And so Bailey and I have Amen. that podcast, which is fun. And, and it's a lot of that is really to put, you know, Bailey out there and let more people see what she's doing with her career, create opportunities for her. But it's also a piece of infrastructure and a foundation that has incredible potential. And there are people in our industry that I think are worth watching. Uh, look at someone like Kelsey Heenan, the Daily Kelsey on Instagram. Uh, her and her husband have an amazing business structured on just on these kind of programs. Or, or Don Saladino, who you know has become a really good friend and he wants me to promote his course for him. And he's done really well with his online coaching programs and challenges and really, really smart, nice guy who, again, just, the nicest guy ever and people just line up to support him because he's authentic and nice there's yeah. a lot there and you know you know what what gets me in the fitness industry when of fit pros is they go like podcast i could never do that writing i did terrible at school and i'm going well then voice record and then get that on paper go and download anchor and do it off your phone and i eventually got my podcast on on apple i mean i it's absolutely zero fancy. It's nothing. I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm I'm getting something out there to help people. And so it's these these stumbling blocks, I think, that it's just I, I remember doing it live with a client where I was like, have you got your phone with you now? Yeah. Can you download Anchor? Yeah. Can you talk into it? Yeah. And I was like, John, a podcast. And they were like, you know, and, and it's the same with writing. I think it's I think there could be maybe some trauma from school for some people that brings up this thing of like, you're not a writer. And that's going to look bad. That's going to be spelt wrong. And it's like, no, like, like that point you made about taking a leap of faith, you know, in mm. your past. I'm sure you had to take a leap of faith when you wrote your first article. And or, or did you just know that you were good at writing already, you know, to, to, to do that? Because some people, I think the status thing is like, who am I to say that I'm a, a content creator? 
all right, there's a few things here. So remember to come back to, uh, just to remind me some stuff. So yeah. let's start with the, you dealt with this, these false beliefs that we have. I, I include this a lot in presentations and it's challenging these narratives that, oh, I could never be the sort of person who could write for Muscle Fitness Magazine. I could never be the sort of person as a podcast or be invited to, you know, to appear on dozens of podcasts. I could never be the sort of person who could build a large social media following. I could never be the sort of person who gets invited to speak at large fitness industry conferences. And I'm sure, I know at different junctures along the way, I believe this because I remember thinking, here are all these successful authorities in the industry and here's all of us on the gym floor. And mm -hmm. I didn't understand what's the path, how, how to get there. So I, I thought, okay, I, I'm not the sort of person who could do this stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, we've kind of blown that up. Yeah. <laughs> Now it's like, all right, I actually try with my media to really showcase, guys, here's the path. Here is how you can do all these things. Here is how to approach your social media. Here is how to get started on writing. I've got- You do that really well. It's really clear. It's really simple. It's really easy to follow. It's really down to earth language. You make it really accessible. Like, thank you from all of my followers who I know would love to say a big thank you. And that's, and that's a skill that you foster with time. So it, now that goes to the writing side, so yes, we, we come out of school thinking we're, we're no good at writing, but I'm gonna let you know a little secret. Writing as we're taught in school and university is not writing, is not good writing for the masses. You almost have to unlearn some of this flowery bullshit that's full of adverbs and speak plainly to the audience in front of you. And it's not dumbing it down, it's it's crisp, direct language. So there are a lot of really good books on writing. So anyone who's interested in writing, I'm gonna tell you, go pick up one or more of these. On Writing Well by William Zinzer, great book. If, if you are if you forget, if you're driving, whatever, like find me on Instagram, at Andrew Coates Fitness. Send exactly. me a message to say, hey, what books did you recommend on, on that podcast? Boom, done, easy, okay? Um, so On Writing Well by William Zinzer, everybody writes by Anne Handley. And I'm now doing a book called Sin and Syntax by Constance Hale. And it actually goes to the basics. But these books will actually teach you how to write for the real world, not for academia or, or impressed professors or any of this sort of shit. Yeah. And pretty quickly you realize that with, with practice and, and some training, we can improve our writing fairly dramatically. So studying writing is a valuable thing. And you can't do writing books on audio. You better read them. Like everything else, yeah. audio. <laughs> I agree. Yes. You is going to go a long way. So we can bust up that myth and then lean into writing. And I, I do enjoy writing. I enjoy the, the process. I enjoy the outcome, sure, but you have to enjoy the process. The podcast is just a different entity. The podcast is part of the relationship bucket, right? It's, it's a yeah. great way to, to connect with people to foster a. A, a deeper relationship it is a great way to get in front of and pick the brains of mentors and people in the industry that you look up to It is a great way to support and connect with people on the same journey that you're on there's a lot of value in that yeah. and again it's not it's not like this transactional mindset of, well i'm going to invest in as many quote junk stat junk bonds as possible i don't know if anybody's watched uh, the, the show how i met your mother and Barney's character, Neil Patrick Harris, the guy who played Doobie. Oh, yes, 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 I do. Yeah. So, an episode where they all end up going to the gym. And Barney, of course, despite the fact that Neil Patrick Harris is, is a gay man in real life, he is this sort of like chauvinistic player in this, in this show. And he talks about how he's investing in all these girls at the gym who are you know, working on transformations. So as they get quote hotter, I know there's all sorts of like, so yeah. he, you know, he's, he's going to play this game. And then one girl starts running by and, and crying and she goes, starts binging for the ice cream. And he's like, Oh, that, that girl just hit junk bond status. I mean, horrible mindset to look at it with. <laughs> you're not, you're not investing in, you know, people in the hopes that some of these things pay off. You're, you're investing in relationships because you find them fulfilling. And sometimes the byproduct, some really cool stuff can happen down the line. But again, focus on trying to support and share other people because it just makes you feel good rather than wondering, all right, well, what am I going to get out of this? And what I've noticed is when you take this attitude, the world seems to give you back 10 times what you put out into it anyway. Whereas 
the people that I've observed who are very transactional in the way they approach things, the, the industry kind of knows who they are. They, they box them in a little bit. People are less inclined to authentically support them. Mm -hmm. And then they start to spin their wheels and then they get trapped in this cycle. So uh, authentically wanting to help and support other people is still the best best based yeah. philosophy you can. I agree. And I think even with the writing thing, what you mentioned is what, what kills me is there's some really amazing fit pros with a brilliant, really clear, authentic message through their journey, but they go and pay someone to, to do social media posts or they buy these templates, you know, the ones with these, just, I don't know, like paint, paint by numbers or whatever. And, and, and then they're wondering like, why isn't it getting engagement? And I'm saying your shit is better than that. Like, even if it looks like a bit uh, weird from Canva or whatever, right? It's like your, your, your picture or your journey, your story would just be so much better than some thrown together paint by numbers thing that you've, you've bought on a panic. Um, to get you know content schedule planner and all and I get it like I get why you'd want to do that but um, it's I don't I don't feel it's a good idea it's a bit like buying buying the followers right like the done for you content I I personally don't recommend my clients do it and they they get a bit annoyed about that but I'm just like we're gonna scrap that because <laughs> it's not you it's not your voice you know you're exactly right it's and I also ask them to scrap me like as in don't don't follow me or guru me and 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 look at like what I'm doing on content and then because you know you see these clones that are actually just like their their mentor or, or coach and, and I, I'm asking them to challenge me or or, or do it their way uh, but just follow general guidelines um, about content creation you know and and I find it's hard I feel, I feel bad for them because they're being bombarded by targeted ads often you know done for you social media never worry again and you're like shit like this this is never going to stop you you've got to <laughs> you're going to have to learn how to do content you know yeah there are so many things within your career you can outsource the low value tasks content creation is a very high value task as you said it has to be authentic to each person mm. you never want to outsource that creation no way no. no and it's the same with i've had a lot of virtual assistants messaging me like i've had so much of an, an influx you know as well that that um, you know, when you're a kind, compassionate, empathetic person, this is the other side of the internet is be open to opportunities, but don't get sucked in um, to bullshit where it's like, do you want 10,000 followers? Do you want to be an ambassador for leggings? Do you want, you know, Herbalife Juice Plus, whatever. I'm not trying to slag that either, but I feel really bad for some newbies like who are green because I was green to it. Like I was like, really? You picked me to be the on the top of whatever magazine it's like you need to pay 200 euros to to do that you know the voted top number one personal trainer and I, and i've had clients who've taken it as a compliment and felt so deflated when i've said like no it's 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 not a scam but it's like they, they want your money you know um so i yeah it really kills me that these people get targeted and i know these people are running businesses but it's just it's like there should nearly be a guide to the internet for fit pros for when you fucking start about not getting fleeced by dickheads you know it's just um. <laughs> there's something else in here that's valuable too it's very easy to play a comparison game and to see various things and oh these trainers are winning awards and blah 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 yeah. uh, first of all any award that is based on voting or paying for is not worth Big. it so yeah. that's just dismiss that crap outright that's nonsense um unless it's a really credible organization. Like uh, three pals of mine, my friend Chad Landers, Melody Schoenfeld and Robert Lincoln have each won the NSCA Personal Trainer of the Year Award. That's a credible thing. They're all people and, and they, they won the award because of the, the quality of what they contribute to the industry. So that's fine. But I highlight this stuff so that way trainers don't play the comparison game to see, oh, look at all these people, all these big followings, I can't oh. do this. Sour grapes attitudes about social media. Yeah. Again, we're playing status games and we have to rewire it. So here's a really good fundamental attitude. Think about all of the people that are connected to you, your friends, family, former coworkers, you know, people you went to school with, all of your contacts. Get them on social media, get them on the platforms that you're on, whether it's Instagram, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Facebook, et cetera, whatever you choose. And just keep showing up and serving them. Be their go-to fitness resource unselfishly consistently put yourself in that position i started with this shit with facebook a very long time ago that's where it all started me too before most people were doing it yeah so 
And that led to every time someone started to think about, you know, wanting to start training or had someone in the world start talking about it, all of a sudden they're messaging me. They're sending me, hey, my mom wants to come, you know, needs a trainer. Uh, hey, I want to come talk to you about this. And I have clients from years ago that I met through old jobs and, and you know, one of, one of my old university classmates from Newfoundland has trained with me over the years. She moved out here to Edmonton. And there's so many other examples of this sort of thing just because people saw what I was doing with my career. You can do that. You can replicate that. And then if you continue to develop the skills of if it's writing, writing for social media, but writing in general or video or podcasting or any other form of media, you'll get better at it. And if yes. you're consistent, you get better. You just keep sharing, keep doing it. And then a few more eyes find you and a few more eyes are on you and a few more and a few more and it gradually grow. And maybe along the way, something will catch and really hit and you'll be really passionate about it and it will launch you forward a bit. And that's happened to me several times. And over time, it adds up to the point where now I look back and go, okay, cool. Yeah, I actually have a larger social media following. I didn't imagine that would happen, but I've learned a lot about it. Cool, let's let's share some of this stuff with other people. But I didn't go at it with the attitude you know, oh, actually, well, I do remember being that person who's like, oh, I could never build a big social media following. So therefore, I never tried. Yes. But now I know the difference. So and it can get frustrating. And if you just share a few things and nothing clicks and you, you give up, I mean, that's the same problem we have with the people who try dieting for two weeks. Oh, I'm not I'm not in the, the beach body shape I want to be in. So therefore, fuck this crap. And, you know, back into the old ways of eating again. Yeah. Of course, that doesn't work, right? You have to approach this from a sustainable, long-term, loving the process. Yeah, but and the delayed gratification. It's it's yeah. really delayed gratification, but even more than that, if you learn to love the workout, if you learn to love how you feel when you're not binging on garbage food, if you learn to love the, the time you get to sit down and quietly write or create or do these other things and feel fulfilled by the effort, then they become easier to do. They become consistent things that are part of who you are versus just chores that you have to slog through. And all of a sudden you look back and you've strung together a lot of this time. And the message for both the person who's trying to get into fitness lifestyle and the coach who aspires to have greater influence with their career is you'll, once you establish these behaviors, you'll never want to go back because you'll like the way life is now more than the way that it felt before. That is so valuable. And it's just so the same with the fitness journey and the, the, the you know, weight loss and nutrition journey, isn't it? Is if you absolutely hate the things that you're doing, it's just never going to work long time, long term. And it's what I say to a lot of fit pros are asking me is I'm saying, what do you actually like? Like, is it video? Is it the writing? Is it funny memes? Do more of that because you're in. If you're in it for the long term, then then you may as well uh, double down on that. And then I think there's nearly the other side of the coin where it's the same with some clients who really deep down they don't want to get rid of the identity of being overweight and they're not ready to shift to success. And so some fit pros are like, well, you know what? It's Instagram because it was down yesterday. That fucked it up. Um, no, nobody watches my posts. I don't get any likes. Everyone ignores me. Um, no, I try so hard. And you're like, do you okay? How would it feel if 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 you got a double the following overnight and five of them wanted to pay you in full for a year of coaching? And they'd be like, oh, and it's like, that's the shit we need to work on because that's actually what's blocking you. It ain't Instagram, Facebook, or any of that shit. It's actually all of the fear of success. And, and they're so used to the identity of failure. And I was in that and I called myself out on it. And I'm like, really? You really want it, do you? Well, <laughs> why hasn't it happened then? You know, and that's for a reason I sometimes, why we don't have the things we think we want. There's a reason we don't have them yet. Um, we started with this, uh, it's, it's popped up again. It's these false beliefs about what you can't do and these identities that we live within that are holding you back from doing... And it shows up in uh, in skills too. It's not just like outcomes, but it's skills. Oh, I'm I, I'm not a writer. All right. Do you write emails to clients? Do you uh, do you write anything on social media? Okay, cool. Well, you know, you write, and these are skills yes. that are useful. Do you need to aspire to write for Women's Health Magazine or Oxygen? No, you don't need to aspire to those things. Now, if along the way that opportunity comes up, that could be pretty damn cool. Hmm. But 
it's it's one step at a time and it's like you said it's finding the outlets that you enjoy yeah doubling down um last question for you would be what are your predictions for the fitness and health industry in 2023 because now covid is kind of fucked off i think has it um <laughs> uh, and you know we're, we're able to like see people in person and all of that and yeah just in general i'm just wondering what your your kind of predictions um for the industry you know, would be. you probably I'll answer the question, but you probably really can't predict anything big because you, we can keep an eye, eye on tech trends, you know, and the direction that the world is going in. And it can sometimes give you insights into the way that people consume media and fitness, but fitness is still something that you actually have to physically do. So I think there are people whose identity is very rooted in fitness and those people will continuously apply themselves within it. I don't think that'll ever change. We are seeing for sure that in-person events and in-person coaching is as strong and thriving as ever. People spent mm. a couple of years seeing less of their friends, less of the general populace, and for periods of time, vastly less. And a lot of times people were, you know, very much, for lack of a better word, isolated to their homes for extended periods. There are people who enjoyed that. There are. Right? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that's a small minority given the nature the social nature of humans i think almost everybody else experienced that and then are leaning into and embracing getting back out into opportunities so there will be a lot of room for growth within in-person personal training i think the people who do online very well will do well with it keep in mind too that the last couple of years probably pushed a lot of people out of the industry the people who are one foot in one foot out struggling or just you know fate intervened in a negative way that they had to close their facilities or they just decided okay i need something more stable and then they went into maybe more traditional you know jobs that have the illusion of security i actually don't believe these jobs are actually any more secure than ours are agree so i think there's opportunity i think it's going to be the same thing where people are going to be motivated to worry about their fitness and we also had two years of people turning around going okay you know that wasn't physically healthy for us we weren't as active, we didn't eat as well. We've gained weight as a society. So there probably will be a decent swing where a lot of those people try to make an effort to reverse that trend. Some of them will be really successful and the people who choose to, to hire a good coach are far more likely to stick with the path. Um, and I think we're gonna see this January as long as you know we don't see Every once in a while, I notice that, and, I, and I'm very, very loath to discuss anything related to, to COVID or what have you. It, it, and people get very militant on different sides of the aisle. Yes, they ideal. do. Yeah, yeah, huge divide, and, right? Yeah. And it gets it gets away from nuanced, you know, truly evidence based anything into tribal warfare over it. I don't believe we'll see much of what I think is the hysteria over it this year, even if cases rise. I train doctors. I, you know, I have an epidemiologist, you know, and I get my information from really qualified, smart people. So I have the nuanced middle ground and not the extremism of the tribal groups on social media that virtue signal about it both ways. Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've also noticed that every time that some news media outlet tries to stir this crap back up again and create fear and hysteria, which is exactly what news media does. That's the way it's wired. Um, the society kind of pushes back now. Society is no longer tolerant of efforts to try to wind this this up again. Mm -hmm. So whatever happens this winter, I really don't think we're going to see mainstream level mass fear mongering about it. Mm. We will get on with our lives. I, I think January, we're going to see a fairly solid influx into fitness seeking behaviors. I think you're also going to see it in December. So I think fitness professionals, it's wise to actually have good offerings and good systems and be very accessible in December because yeah. people will want to beat the rush. They'll want to beat the stigma of being a New Year's resolution person. And they, I always notice that I get really good inquiries in December. I'm at the point where I probably well. can't yeah. Yeah. now, but you know, December is always a really good month. So at Christmas time, of course, it gets a little goofy, but you know, hell, enjoy Christmas, unplug, spend time with family. Yeah. So I really just think it's going to be mostly business as usual. People who are very forward thinking, who put themselves in environments where they're going to learn, have their, their the existing way of thinking challenged. Those people are going to lean into and do some really cool stuff for the industry and they're going to build ways of serving people. 
Mm -hmm. We're going to see a gradual creep of, you know, relatively high quality experiences like, uh, you know, Lane Norton's, I think it's Carbon App, uh, Greg Knuckles and Stronger by Science, their macro factor. Uh, those two things I think are really good app-based things. I think Renaissance Periodization has always done really well with creating, you know, templates and other systems that serve people. They now have a nutrition certification. You're seeing education within the fitness space. Uh, there are more options, great options online. Again, RP is now ha has this nutrition certification. Uh, there's more stuff out there for this. Uh, the pain-free performance special certification. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's important aggressively expanding other fitness professionals are doing more seminars uh you know getting out there i've done a couple of things with jordan shallow and his team the prescript team they've come here a couple of times these guys are doing really good stuff there's yeah. a lot of stuff out there the flip side is for trainers it can feel overwhelming to try to do it all yeah absolutely and i still think approach it one at a time i still think the best skills to acquire right now are the humanities the coaching skills uh you know the emotional intelligence as you said in some of the books we talked about I, I do think that learning to be a good writer or choose another form of media, really lean into video skill right now. There mm -hmm. may be a lot of opportunity there and, and do the things that you're probably most fulfilled by. I, I hope this stuff is helpful. If any, but like I said, if anybody has any questions, um, I respond to everything. Shoot me a message, please. Instagram is the best way to get me. That's just awesome. And is there anything they should look out for that you have coming up? The, the name of your podcast is Lift Free and Diet Hard. Yeah. And yeah it's, a, it's a play on words of the fourth Die Hard movie. Uh, I Live love Free, it. Die Hard. Uh, and it's a rebrand. So the, the last 101 episodes under that moniker, and then there's an old moniker with my old co-host, uh, but they're all in the same download track. And if, if someone's interested, just scroll through all the guests. I've had most of the who's who of the industry. There's a lot of good stuff there. Um, the most recent one, as of the time of recording this, Don Saladino's knows it's 101. Go mm -hmm. listen to that. Don's incredible. Go follow him. I'm recording with Joel Jameson next this afternoon. Okay. okay so um, before I forget, what have I got coming up? So I'm actually, so this one, no one else can attend because it's already full, but I'm going to go hang out with Joel Jameson in Vegas, uh, the November 12th weekend, which will be fun. Um, mm -hmm. people gathering there. But then in December, I have three trips to the U.S. in a row. Um, the okay. first week of December, which, which is like the second through fourth, I'm speaking at the, the FitBiz Mastermind 4.0. It's my friends, Jordan Duggar and Aaron Demon. Uh, they're very much in the business mentorship space. And they've got Lane Norton. They've got Jordan Syatt. They've got Leela and Alex Formosi. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole bunch of other presenters. And then they've added me to the lineup. So that one I'm excited about. That's a three-day event. Uh, I think it's getting near sold out. Brilliant. Two. Um, I am speaking at the NSCA Rocky Mountain Regional Conference the following weekend, also in the Phoenix area. Um, again, this stuff will all be on my social media, and yep. uh, that's a one-day event. I'll be doing okay. a presentation for this writing. And the following weekend, again, it's the Olympia weekend in Vegas, and the Renaissance Periodization team, they've invited me to come down just to hang out, just as a guest, and they do a one-day summit. And then the next day, I'm going to go hang out at the Olympia Expo on the Saturday, so I'll be wandering around all over the Expo. Awesome. Wow. So you're going to be prepping up your all your bit nutrition bits, all your stuff to travel. You're like, yeah. wow. Then, and then come February, there's two more things. So yeah. it's worth keeping your eyes out for Kabuki Education Week, which is a big virtual event. Oh, I spoke at it last right. year. I'm going to line up again this year. Some details are being finalized. Yeah. That one's a lot of fun, you know, because I can just record it from home and then if someone you know signs up and registers for it, if you're interested, just message me. I'll have a link for it when it comes. Yeah, I am. Yeah, uh, and you get access to the entire week. And I mean, there's industries who's who are going to be speaking at that one. Up and comers. It's a good one to be aware of because it, it's an opportunity as you get out there and develop relationships. Maybe one day you can present at it. Mm -hmm. And then another big one is raise the bar in Texas, in Dallas, February 24th through 26th. So yeah. I went to that, attended it last year when it was in Orlando. So the guys who run it, Derek Mendoza and Nick Lamb are friends of mine. And so I'm speaking this year. Uh, Luca Hosevar is in the lineup. Don Saladino, Jonathan Goodman. I've got those guys oh for them. Oh, I love got, Jonathan Goodman. He's amazing. Yep, Don's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Kelsey Heenan and Dennis Heenan, her husband, they're going to talk. I believe Molly Galbraith and John Berardi are tentative. They both spoke last year. They were both great. Wow. Um, I, I, we're going to see Tony Jelcor and his wife, Lisa Lewis, are there again. They did last year. 
Dr. Shanti Cofield is going to be there. Uh, Jill Coleman's going to be there. Kevin Carr is going to be there. I know I'm forgetting someone. Wow. This one is a big one. This one, they did a killer job last year. Last year, they had Chris Duffin and Brett Bartholomew and just a massive array of other people uh, and a lot of attorneys. So I'm excited that, about that. Wow. That if, sounds if awesome. People like getting out and traveling to these things. Mm -hmm. That one especially might be the one to target because you're going to be really immersed in the industry and people just like you. Yeah, that's really great advice. That sounds amazing. And I hope you enjoy every moment of it. And uh, thanks for flying the flag and we can feed off all the information that you get from it and all the pearls of wisdom and everything. And um, I really, really appreciate you coming on. It's just been awesome to, to have you on as a guest and to share your knowledge with us. I'm grateful you asked. And, you know, I know you had said that you were sort of hesitant to. <laughs> hesitant? I was absolutely nerve-wracked, you know? I was like, you're on my list. I journaled, for those who are listening, I had journaled about Andrew for like, I don't know, six months or more of like, I imagine if I could if I could have a collaboration with him. And I actually said it to my mentor even, and she was like, well, we'll never say never. And I was like, oh, no, no, no way. And then Andrew puts up, I'm going to cancel my, was going to cancel my podcast. And what I laughed at was the bit when you'd said, but my mom listens to it, you know? Because my mom, my mom loves mine too. Um, and then I just said in the comments, yeah, like I, I, I'm trying to get the courage to ask you. And Andrew said, yes. So any strong listening, just know that you've got to ask, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's amazing yeah. what you can talk yourself out of and into in your, in your, in your mind, you know, of like, don't do it. Don't, you'll look stupid. Don't ask. He's way too busy. Um, it's all those limiting beliefs again. And it's, it's just turning those, trying to turn them around and not listening to your thoughts, not believing them. Sometimes <laughs> for everybody listening to, you know, if you're, you know, supporters of Sarah's and really enjoying this, you know, look for ways to give back. Doing these podcasts does take time. It takes time out of our schedules and they can be really fulfilling, but there's a little bit of behind the scenes too. We have to prepare for them and upload them and do what have you. So here's a really easy way to say some thank you because you're getting a lot of free, valuable stuff out of this. I started early on, I listened to a lot of free fitness podcasts and it introduced me to a lot of great people in the industry and it was one of the things that inspired me on this journey so a go and review go give a review you know whether it's itunes or spotify or wherever you're listening to it and then two think about this if this is really helpful for your career especially you know, if you're if you're fitness industry based think about some of the other coaches that you know some of the other people that your friends people who work in the same facilities you do take this and literally share that with them go and say listen this this episode, this podcast has been really great. I really like what Sarah is doing. I think you'd really appreciate this. And these are little ways to give back and they add up. So do something proactive and extra as a mm -hmm. thank you for Sarah. I love it. I love it. That's really cool. Yeah, because sometimes we just, I do it. I scroll on posts sometimes and just don't comment. And I've got the most amazing value. And I'm like, well, hold on, Sarah. Like, pause, thank them. And let them know what you got from that but you just think maybe they won't notice they don't care they've got so many followers but yeah thanks for that andrew that's absolutely amazing and we look forward to seeing all the updates on on social media from from all these the events that you're going to as well um thank and, I, and i like sharing that stuff too it's fun to highlight it so again if you see this sort of stuff and you're fulfilled by the idea you know start leaning into it we've given you a lot of things to to take to tiptoe into that you might get a lot of value out of. So get started, please. Yeah, yeah, get started is exactly it. Thank you so much, Andrew. Absolutely brilliant. My pleasure. Wow, there was a lot of knowledge bombs there from Andrew. And I'd love to know what was the main take home message that you got from this pod podcast. So I know that Andrew was speaking a lot about his 12 years in the industry and the kind of six things that he would recommend to grow your brand and your career you know growth as well and that was you know traveling outside of just online and going to going to different events and things like that forming relationships proper relationships creating content outside of social media that's evergreen like youtube podcast email list um really loving up on your clients and valuing them um taking leaps of faith when you're unsure of of the outcome um and creating an impact over status as well, uh, which which I absolutely love. So I'd love to know what your take home was there. And if you want to follow Andrew, you can find him on Andrew Coates Fitness on the gram. And he's also on Facebook as well. 
So you can find a lot there. I'll be uploading this to a YouTube, my YouTube channel as well. And the for bonus points, you will get to meet Andrew's cat because his cat makes an appearance on Zoom. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I would love it if you could give my podcast a review or a tag or a share as I try to grow it. And also just know that it's very possible for you to reach out to a industry leader who has a big following and ask for a collaboration because if you don't ask, you don't get. Talk to you soon.